Was I Got Your Six podcast. And in this episode, season six, we're talking about corruption and crime. Things that are dealing with the, the crime and corruption. But first, I want to tell you right now, it's moto time. Hey, remember, rich people, poor people, poor people like rich, rich people like poor. Think about that when it comes to tax time. My daddy always says, never quit your day job while conquering the world. Because you can achieve anything you want to do, whatever you want to do, as long as you accomplish whatever you want to do, conquering the world. Listen, let me tell you something right now. Also, remember this. Time is money. Money is time. Wasting time. You're just wasting money. We don't want to waste time. You don't want to waste my money. So if you're wasting my time, you're wasting my money. Don't do that. All right. Also, this right here is the Crime Chronicles, the Crime Chronicle Files. This is where we do a shout out to each and every one of you out there who wants to listen to my podcast. Give me a shout. Give me a hit me up on my email at tips. Hit me up on my email at Bart, B-A-R-T-S-E-E at Proton, P-R-O-T-O-N, mail, M-A-I-L dot C as in Charlie, H as in hotel. That's it. Bart C at ProtonMail dot C-H. That is the podcast email. Hit me up there and I will give you a shout out on the crime chronicle files that's right and today and this and this crime chronicle files goes out to monica she is an og in the crime chronicle files and goes out to anae they are the crime files ogs right now if you want to be a crime chronicle og give us get a special shout out doesn't matter what you do but i'm gonna tell you right now if you know monica and you know anae and you're riding with them you're riding with the best See, to be the very best, you have to be the top. To be an OG, you want to be the best of the best. Those are the OGs of the Crime Chronicles for this right here. Now, let's begin. Let me tell you something. And let me tell you a little secret about this little thing. Let's begin. In the, and right now, in the files I looked up under, when I looked in the thing, I was doing some research on some crime and, and corruption and stuff. I was looking at a particular thing that I wanted to talk about. I did the thing about Hollywood, about crimes in Hollywood. Now we're going to do crimes. We're going to do our crime in the music industry. I did a podcast about the music industry and how there's like gays in the music industry. We're going to talk about crime in the music industry. Let me tell you something. Back in the early, back in the early um, 30s and 40s, um, music industry was just up and coming and a lot of people, people, especially people of color, were um, in the music industry. They were making albums and stuff. People wrote music. Here's one a prime example. Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers. Um, one Puerto Rican guy, I think he was Puerto Rican. Could be Dominican or could be Cuban from Cuba. Well, he was he was um a Lat- he was he was a Latino. He was a Latino. Yes, and he was and he was with the group. He was part of the teenagers. He wrote this song, "Why Do Fools Fall in Love," but they put Frankie Lyman because he was the lead singer. But you know, so they put that on. And then the guy, and then the manager of the the record label, the producer. Put his name on there. He got full credit and got all his money rights to it. Frankie Lyman also didn't get his money rights because the guy put his name on there and said, yeah, I put my name on there. He got all this money. And a lot of people in the music industry get robbed because you know why? They get robbed by these no-nonsense, stupid contracts. These contracts were like, basically what they're telling you is, um, you want to be in the music industry? Sign this contract. And you do exactly, and then you sign this contract because you're so hungry. Because, you know, here's an analogy. Um, um, Tracy Morrow, Tracy Morrow, better known as Ice-T, has said it best. There are pimps and there are hoes. In the music industry, the record labels, they are the pimps. Because they are the ones with the money. They're the ones with all the equipment, everything that you need. You are the hoe. 
Because what they do is they tell you to go out there, sing this song, you know, get up on this stage, do this, do that, do that. And then return, you know, they go, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sign you to this contract and you don't know what the contract can tell. They just tell you to sign it. They say, if you want to get into the music industry, sign this contract. I signed the contract without you reading the contract because you're so hungry to get you're so gung-ho and hungry to get into the music industry you sign the contract and you start signing that contract and you're getting into the music industry and everything oh hey by the way this podcast is sponsored by blackbluelectronica.com hey for all your electronic needs get to blackbluelectronica.com everything you need to get and find is right there you need some power solar chargers right there you need some power cords right there you need some scooters right there I'm telling you, everything you need, go there. It's a veteran-owned, a veteran-owned shop, owned by a vet. That's me. Who's a Marine? That'd be me. That'd be Jr. right there. That's my, that's my store. Black and Blue Electronica. The reason why it's called Black and Blue because in the day, in the game of life, when it comes to society, you're taking the hits. Black and blue, and you're getting black and blue. But you're getting beat up with life because you got to get up and go to work. There be days when you don't want to go to work. You got to get up and go to work. Days you sick. You got to get up and go to work. Some people take the hits. They get up and they go to work and just take those punches. Others will just go down for the count. Ah, oh, baby, I'm, I'm just, hey, I'm sick. I, I don't feel like coming to work. I'm going to call off. And you get points. And those points stack up. And then all of a sudden you get fired. I don't know why they fired me. Oh, what about those days when you say, well, I was actually sick. You should have came to work. See, here's the thing. If you're sick, go to work. Let the boss see you sick. If you got something contagious, doesn't matter. Go to work. Piss the boss off. Go to work. Let him see you sick. Contagious. Give everybody the contagious of what you got. Because you know what? They don't believe you that you're sick. Not one boss. They don't care. They'd be like, I don't believe. I don't believe him. He lying. Or she lying. He or she lying. So to prove them wrong, go to work. Show up. Look sick. Throw up in a trash can. Do whatever you got to do. Have a fever. Whatever. You know, they always say when you do um, whatever say and when you do these tests and stuff and analogies about stuff. They say if you're sick, you should stay home. Call your employer. Let them know that you're sick. And so take, take enough time, ample time to get better. Then come back to work. That's in that's in the that's in that's in the alternate universe. In the world that we live in today, if you're sick, you better you better bring your happy ass to work. Let everyone at your employer, let your boss see you sick. Let your boss tell you, uh, nah, you sick, go home. See, if you don't do that, they're going to assume that you're lying. So that's what I mean. Just, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Get on that grind. You got to get on that hustle and you got to be able to prove to them. So that's what I mean. So now, let's get back. Like I said, in the music industry, they, they do that. And they give you these shoddy record deals. Let me, let me give you a good example about crime. Here's a corruption of its finest. You know, there's a music group. If you don't know who the music group is, I'm going to give you their initials. TLC. TLC is the music group. They had a song called Waterfall. They had the number one hit record and number one hit album. But when when they won their Grammys and all that stuff, and they had the number one hit album, they made all these millions. When they went to go get their check, they all got $10,000. For having the number one hit album sold over millions of records. Here's the catch. The record, they said it best. We got paid. We we made seven cents per record that was sold. Seven cents per album that was sold. They sold a million. They sold seven million records. They made seven million dollars. They made almost, um, they made almost, they said they close to, they made close to, they made, um, they said they said they make seven million dollars. 
Well, the record label says we gave you X amount of money. They gave you what you call um, upfront money. They gave you what you call an advancement. You got to pay that back. Then because you got the advancement, then you also had to pay back the, the money that they also had to pay back for studio time, production cost, um, the ads and advertisement and all the people. And you had to pay for the PR, public relations. Yes, you had to pay that as well. Then you also had to pay out. You had a manager. Then you had an agent. Then you had a PA, personal assistant. All those people get your hand in the, in the cut. That's what they did. They all had their hands in that pot. Everybody had their hands in the pot. And then when you got done, and, he, and then you get one check. And then that was a group of four, four, that was a group of, yeah. That was a group of three people, three girls. Three girls had to split their money. Then they had to pay their manager. So they had to split it four ways. The three girls and then the manager. He get his 10%. And when they walked out, they walked out with nothing. They went bankrupt. Here's another one. Here's another one. MC Hammer went bankrupt. He made $30 million, but by the end of the year, he was bankrupt. You know why? Because he had so many people on his payroll, and he had so many people that he had to pay. He had so many people he forgot to pay, and he, and he bought his house and living this lifestyle, and then his taxes. Because once you make a certain amount of money, you're in another tax bracket. You're in a higher tax bracket, and so you're making you're making that kind of money. You're just, you're, you're, your tax bracket's going up, and it's going up. So you're in a higher tax bracket. So you're you're making you know not making the money. And then on top of the record label, here's what happened. Let me tell you something. Um, in the record industry, they they feed off of emotions. So here's a good one. Um, here's a good one. Hootie and the Blowfish. Here's one. Hootie and the Blowfish. The record label told Hootie and the Blowfish. Um, I want you to do this. They did their song and stuff, you know, let her cry and stuff. The record label was like, excuse me, <coughs> the record label was like, hey, this is what I want you to do. Let's ride this out and we're going to make a lot of money. So the record label was like, let's ride this out and we're going to milk this. The hoodie, the group, Darius Rucker and the group was like, okay. Then they were like, oh, we're tired of playing that song. We want to we want to do another album. The record label was like, well, can you wait? They said, no, we want to put this other album out. So they didn't went, went in the studio. The studio record, the record label gave them music, gave them tons of music. They had the writers and all this stuff. To, they got these writers and stuff, and we got these people that going to, they gave them all this music. They put their second album out. Their second album did not do, did not chart. It bombed. So guess what the record label did? <coughs> it cut them. The record company cut them. In the music industry, they, they, they were shady. And then here's another old, here's something that's old school. Uh, and this is something that you got to look this person up if you don't know who he is. This person is Barry White. Barry White had a group called the Love Unlimited Orchestra. And the Love Unlimited Orchestra um, was a record, was a big band group. And the Love Unlimited Orchestra um, was big. I remember Barry, I remember um, a, a record, I remember a, a music group was getting signed with Barry White. And Barry White told him, he told them, literally, he said it like this. This is, I'm paraphrasing. He said, he walked in, they walked into the hotel room. He said, hey, you want a, um, you want a, you want a, you want a record deal or what? And he said, um, they were like, well, yes. They said, they said, can we read the contract? He said, I got it here. I got, I got something for you. You sign my motherfucking contract or get the fuck out. What was it going to be? Sign the fucking contract or get the fuck out. 
So what they do, they had no choice. They signed a contract. If you want to go a little bit, let's go a little further down. Let's go a little further in history. Let's talk about Suge Knight from Death Row Records. Suge Knight went to the hotel room of Vanilla Ice. Had him, had, a, had put a gun to his mouth. Had him over the railing of a hotel. Outside on a balcony of a hotel. Put a gun to his mouth. To, to make him sign a contract that was said that this old man wrote this song so that he can get controlling interest of that song because it was the hottest song and Vanilla Ice was a white dude. Shady at his finest. Seriously, Shady at his finest. Literally was so shady. That was such a shady deal. Yes, and Vanilla Ice wasn't signed to Death Row or Aftermath or none of those record labels. And then back then, here's one. Here's one that's even more modern P. Diddy, Sean P. Diddy Combs had a bunch of people on his record label. And guess what? These guys were, these guys had owed them a lot of money. He, he told them sign these contracts like Nas and Maze and all these different artists that he had under there. He had a whole bunch of artists under there. And guess what? He barely paid them any money. Here's what his excuse was. I gave you money. Didn't I give you some royal? Didn't I give you upfront money? Didn't I give you an advancement? Did I give me an advancement? Yeah, 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 but I made this amount. I should be getting this off of the residuals. He said, no, uh, that's mine. The royalties, oh, no, that's all mine. Because he, here's what he did was he put his name, that he was the one. The royalties, he put the advancement, all that stuff went to him and everything. And he, and he was saying, I paid you. I made you. I, I love this. And there's today in the music industry right now, in the music industry right now, I tell anyone in the music industry right now, like there's people right now, a lot of people right now don't want to sign to record companies because you are in a contract. So let's say, okay, I'm a record deal. I'm a record label. And I go, all right, I like your music. I want to sign you. Sign this, take this contract and sign it. You look at the contract and you're, you're sitting there by yourself because you're trying to get in there. You want to be famous. Sign it. And you're like, uh, can I read it? And you try to read it. I don't understand this. Um... Well, I I got no time. You want to be, you want to be, you want to get into the music industry or what? And you're like, oh, okay. And you're trying to, and you don't have a lawyer or nothing there to read the contract. And then you read it. And then all of a sudden they give you this nasty contract, this nasty, corrupt contract. And the contract says that you have to give them five records, five albums in order to be released. So you do three albums. So they say, we're going to. Um, we're going to give you, we're going to give you your first album. Your first album comes out. They put it out. It, it does really well. It charts, but it's not really, it's not in the top 10 charts, but it's in the top 100. So you're doing good. And they do the analytics and the stats and stuff. And they say, you're doing good. All right. So the album was there and they, and they give you a royal, they give you, a, they give you what you call an advancement. They give you like, say, they give you a hundred thousand dollars advancement and, and you're young and you never seen a hundred grand. So you get a hundred grand. All of a sudden, you do your album. Your album charts really good. It's making money. It makes about, say, a million dollars. Say it makes about $500,000 in sales. All right, that's good. The record label says, um, we need to take our 100 grand back that we gave you. So you take that back. That's 400 grand you got. Oh, yeah, we got to pay for studio time. Let's take about 50000 out of that. We also got to pay the producers that produced it. They get their cut. Oh, yeah, we got to pay um, PR, public relations and stuff. They get their cut. Oh, yeah, you got an agent. 
Got a manager. Got to pay your manager. You don't have a manager, so they assigned you a manager, and the manager is shady as well, so he gets his cut. All right? And then they, and then you go, okay, so your manager gets his cut. And then by the time that everybody gets their hand, oh, yeah, we got an assistant. We got your assistant. We got your media person. Boom, he gets a cut. And you're like, I didn't ask for a media. Oh, oh, we assigned one for you to do your media and stuff. And you're like, oh, okay. Now, what time you get done out of that 500 grand, you only end up with, say, five grand. You only end up with, say, like $6,000. After all of them getting their hands in there, you walk away with $6,000 from a $500,000 deal that you made. And then they go, okay, now let's go. And then you're sitting there doing the same thing. And then you got to go. Then they say, you got to go on tour. So you go on tour. Most, most record, most singers and song, most singers, most singers, most music artists, they have to, they make, they, they have to make their money because they got to go on tour. The only way they're going to make money for themselves on tour. You got to also got to, if you're on a tour with a group, you're on a, like a whirlwind tour with other groups, y'all got to split that purse prize. So if on tour y'all made, let's say y'all made $10 million on tour, okay? You have to pay the band, you know, because if you don't have a band and you're just a music group or a solo artist, you got to pay the background music singers, they get their cut because they're on tour with you. And then you got to pay the tour driver because he's touring you, taking you to place to place. You're young, you don't know. So you, and you, and you're, and you're, and you're, and you're trying to save as much as you can, you know, but you, you know, you got to eat. So, you know, so, you know, you, you know, and after that, you probably maybe get out of 10 million, you probably get maybe 500 grand, maybe six or 700,000 out of 10 million. 10 million so you probably get like six or 700 grand. And then the record label gets their cut. Because they set it up, then your manager get his 10%. Because the minimum he can get is 10%. Sometimes they go more, they can go high up, but they get 10%. All right. And then you got to go do press junkets. It means you got to go on to Good Morning America, Today Show, um, CBS in the Morning. You got to go on like CNN, um, Fox News. You got to go all these local TV shows. When, whatever city you're going into, major big city, you also got to go in there. And you also got to pay for the, you got to you pay the, prom, the promoter gets his cut out of the you know sales and stuff so everybody's getting a cut of the money because you're on tour they're getting a cut they're all getting their cut and the corrupt part about it is is that you don't know about that you know nothing about the corruption what goes on here's another part and then in the record industry if you here's here's something that I did not know this and I had to do some research on this have you ever watched the voice have, have you noticed anybody on The Voice ever made a hit album, the ones that won? But I noticed that all the judges have got, my new album's just been dropped. I won The Voice. My new album's just been dropped. Have anyone else been on The Voice's one? Here's one. There was a country artist who literally tried out for The Voice. The Voice rejected him. And guess what he did? He grinded harder and got his own record label, got his own record deal. And he said the voice dropped. He had a letter and everything, a rejection letter. And I noticed when you listen to the voice, there's people on there. Like I watched on there on the voice and I saw on the voice where this guy, he, he sung a song that was in Spanish because he was a Latin singer. And he only sings Spanish. And they told him he sung it perfectly. They said, well, 
you're, you're not the voice material. He says, what do you, he says, okay, what do you mean? Well, you, we don't know you're doing Latin song. Can you sing anything in English? I, I never heard. And there was one artist who, who got on The Voice who sung an original song he wrote. And they said, I never heard that song before. And there was one artist, perfect sound, perfect, great. The voice was good. Everything was beautiful. Nothing wrong with the person's voice. Here's what they said. Uh, um, I, I never heard that song before, so I really didn't know. So they want you to sing a cover song. They don't want you to sing an original song that you wrote. You know, now the only thing I do say is the only two shows that I've watched where somebody had actually got a record deal was America's Got Talent and America's Got Talent and The American Idol. Those two shows, people have got record deals. Have got record deals. Great record deals. Sometimes they got shady deals. And also, if you get on, say for instance, you get on The Voice and you're singing and you and you get out and then, you know you didn't win. But you know, you know what happens? You're locked in a contract with them. So you can't go, you can't get signed to any record deal until a year or two later. That's the that's the shady part. That is so shady. And then, and the record deal, in the record industry, on especially, we'll go back to The Voice. On The Voice, here's what they do on The Voice that, that is so shady. They, they tell you, can you get high notes? There are certain songs that are not meant to be high. But I, I want to hear your ranges. Can you go real high? You didn't go high enough for me. So that's why I didn't turn. I, I couldn't hear that. Or, or there was some, there was a guy, there was a, there was a young lady who sung a song by Carole King. Real soft, subtle, low metal tone song by Carole King. And guess what they said? They said, um, that song, I didn't hear your range in your voice. It didn't sound right. I mean, you need to go higher. I would have turned around and stuff. And there was one, there was one, the girl was no more than 14 years old. They said, um, you, you're 14 years old. Um, maybe if you go back and practice more, I mean, you're, 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 you're not good. You're, you're kind of good. Um, I just didn't, I heard some scratchiness in your voice and raspiness. And then she's like, okay. So the girl went back. When the girl got done, she went back. She got done. She went back. She got a record deal. Yeah, she signed up and got a nice, massive record deal. She got a big record deal. Yeah, because some record label saw that and saw her and said, I love her. And they signed her. Most music industries would love to have someone young. If you are under 21, if you're like between the age of, say, tw- say 13, well, I go 13, 13 to 21, record, record companies love that. You know why? Because you can make a lot of money. Here's a good example. <clears throat> Here's a good example. Justin Bieber, he was so young that the record companies robbed him, raped him so bad. They pimped him out so much. He was doing these teeny boppy kid songs, you know, baby, baby. Made him look like a little kid. Miley Cyrus, Miley Joe Cyrus did Hannah Hannah Montana. She did these little girly songs. Disney just pimped her out. Disney is another record music industry. All the kids on Disney all had record contracts. 
singing. And they were pimping out the merchandise. It was merchandise. They were pimping them out, doing merchandise and stuff, robbing these kids, just making them, pushing them out, making them look like an adult, making these girls look like they're an adult, put tons of makeup on, making them look older than they are, making, making, singing suggestive songs that they don't even know what they're singing about. Another music artist group. Here's one. Here's one. The Jets. Jets is a great Tongan music group. When they came up and started singing, the youngest youngest daughter, the youngest girl in the group was singing songs and stuff, and she didn't know, she never experienced love or heartbreak and stuff. Guess what the record, guess what the producer told her to do? He told her to um, act like a dog, like you lost your dog or something. And so she had to sing that, but in the video, it's showing her singing to a guy. She never experienced love or nothing like that. And the guy who signed her, the producer who produced him, he got full he got full rights to all the songs. They can sing their songs, but they don't own the masters. That's the thing about the music industry. Most most 90% of the producers and promoters and producers and record companies keep the masters. You don't own your masters. You may have a number one hit song, but you don't even own your masters in the music industry. And the corrupt part about it is, is that. It just, that's just how business is done. Back in the days, back in the back in the days of the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s, there were so many music groups that, you know, they were just signing contracts and they and they don't even own their masters. There's so many music artists of music music people of color who sign contracts. Here's one that's a, here's one, and you probably never knew this. Do you know that Motown artists that were on Motown record label, all their masters in music were owned and were owned by Barry Gordy. Barry Gordy owned all the masters. Not one of those artists made any money. They made money, but they didn't make enough. They didn't make a lot of money because Barry Gordy controlled all the money. Writers, they had tons of writers. They made ninety percent of the money. Writers were making what? Because if you ever look at it, they made a movie called The Temptations about the Temptations, and it showed one of the writers there said, he said, "You're going to sing this song the way I tell you to sing it." Because look, I make the money. See, look at this. He had a handful of money. This is, see, I wrote this song. This is my song. So you will sing this song this way. <coughs> look at the Jackson Fives. Michael Jackson was with the group, the Jackson Fives. Michael Jackson realized one thing. He was with his brothers. They weren't making any money because the record label, Motown, controlled them. Did you know that um, Stevie Wonder had been with Motown for years he just now left Motown. He'd been with Motown for that long and just left Motown under a shady contract with the shadiest deal contract right there and the, and the shadiest deal. So I'm going to tell you right now, and, and there's these like these rockers, like these rock groups and stuff. Look at um, like the rock groups like um, Black Sabbath and all them. Black Sabbath, White Snake, Pantera, Triumph, all these music artist groups. Yeah. They signed these contracts and then they got a shady deal because controlling interest is the record labels control the money. They control them, you know, and in today's society, like, like today, a lot of these rap artists, do you know that, um, do you know that if you talk about in your music, in your rap art, you talk about I'm banging, I'm, I'm slanging dope, I'm banging some hoe or whatever, or some trick, or I'm doing some crack, or I'm smoking some cane, I'm going to go, going down the border to get my money, get my paper, get this and show all this stuff. Oh, they love that. They will love, they will, they will, they will, they will exploit that. 
talk about your environment, they exploit that. But when you talk about, say, say you talk about something like social consciousness or you talk about or you do a rap or you do a rap song and you bashing the LBGTQ, do you know that you will get cut? Record labels will shot you, cut you and just done. You will be blackballed and blacklisted. And they, it's, it's, I don't know why it's like that, but that's just how it is. Record labels are controlling interests of their money. They control everything. You can't even do certain things. They tell you what you can and can't do. Like, there's an artist. Prime example. Here's one. I'm going to make it really good one. I'm going to make it real quick. Here's a prime example. Prince was with Warner Brothers. And he wanted to break contract with Warner Brothers because he saw that he, he realized that his deal with Warner Brothers was shady. He looked at it. He had his contract reread. He redid his contract. Renewed. Went to go look at his contract and saw the shadiness in his contract. So he went to go get his contract. Warner Brothers took him to court and sued him and saying, "Yeah, you can leave Warner Brothers, but we own the name Prince." But there was a problem with that. So he started going. Uh, he started going around the artist, formerly known as Prince. That's when he did the sign, the symbol. When he went to court. He had, he had one piece of paper that proved that Warner Brothers didn't own the name Prince. He had his birth certificate. His birth certificate said Prince Roger Nelson. His, his mother, his father gave him that name, Prince Roger Nelson. That's his name, Prince Roger Nelson. That's his birth name. It was on his birth certificate. And the record label was like, oh, we own. They had, the, they had a boardroom of lawyers. They had a massive. See, that's the thing about record labels. They have their law firm. They have what you call a law firm, not a lawyer. They have a law firm to represent them, and they are the best interest is to protect the money. That's where they do trace the money, protect the money. And they did not. And he wanted his masters, and they weren't going to give him his masters. Guess what he did? He said, "Done." Went to court. They took him to court. Decided, they sued him. Took him to court because they wanted his name. When he proved, and they had no choice, they had to give up all of those masters and all that back money that they owed him. And you know what? Record label was pissed. I'm telling you, even in country music, it's the same thing. Why do you think most country artists in the in the country music, a lot of them didn't make a lot of money. A lot of them didn't get rich. You know what? You know where they made their money at? Merchandise. Because they knew they weren't going to make any money because of the record labels controlling their money. Yes, in country music, record labels control everything. They control all the money. And what you had to do, you had to play the game. In order to be famous, you had to play the game. Now, today, a lot of music artists are going independent. Because the reason why they go independent, that means they can produce their own music. You have to produce your own music. When you go independent, you have to produce your own music. You have to publish it and you have to distribute it. You have to negotiate with distributors. Back in the old days, here's what you did if you wanted to go independent. You, you, you did your song in a studio. Whatever studio you make, home studio or whatever, you have to digitally enhance it and stuff. And then you went to disc makers. You send the thing to disc makers. Disc makers will send you a master, a master copy. You got the master. You listen to it. You like it. Boom, boom, boom. They will they will sit there and produce it. And you had to pay them to to make your CD, to make your album for you. And they made so many copies. And then you turn around. And you had to go out there and hustle and sell that. That's what they did. That was the old days. Nowadays, it's all streaming services now. Nowadays, you can put music on SoundCloud, Tidal. You can put it on YouTube and put your music on there and stuff like that. But now, 
it's even like that that's controlling interest so like if you put say you're an artist and you're singing and you put your music out on youtube and you know what you better make sure you have an extra copy because if you don't have copies youtube control youtube owns that youtube owns your music they own the money they own the music and they control that it's all a money game it's a it's a money thing they're playing the three card monty with your with your life you as an artist, you got to you gotta read the contracts. I've seen contracts. I went online and look at some of the shadiest contracts. Oh, they were so bad deals. People, people did do it. Here's one. Here's one. New Edition. If you don't know who New Edition is, look them up. Bobby Brown, Ralph Tresvan, Bobby, Ricky, Robbie, Bobby and Mike. Robbie, you know, Ricky and Mike. You know, that's New Edition. They did a song called Cool It Now and Mr. Telephone Man. They did beautiful music. Music group. Guess what happened? They made, they had the number one hit album. Sold millions of albums. They went on a whirlwind tour. Guess what happened when they got done? They went right back home to the projects where they were living at. Because their manager, the colonel from College Park, the colonel who produced them, took 90% of that money 90% of their money they didn't make any money not one they didn't make any money the record label their producers and stuff took their money because he put the he said I put the group together so he got controlling of the money here's one if you're if you're Latin if you're a Latin art if you're a Latin singer you know this group Manudo Manudo was a music group produced by a lady she produced it Manudo she put the group together so she owned the name Menudo and she owned the group. So the kids were young and when you reach a certain when you reach the age of 17, you got out and then they brought in a new person. They kept the group young, fresh and young. So that's how they that's how they kept the group. Menudo was like that. So everyone hit 17, you were out of the group. No matter how good you are. And if you are a really good singer, you couldn't sing none of the old songs that made you you made the group money. You didn't make any money. You made it very little because the person who the person who started the group, who founded the group, she controlled the money. The money went to her. Then whatever she decided to give you is what you got. If you didn't like that, you got out of the group. Next person, because there's someone else who wants to be in this group. A lot of these, um, here's one. Um, Simon Cow. Simon Cow produced three boy bands. He produced two boy band groups out of out of London. Guess what? He owns that boy band because he put that band together. And he got a lot of money for that. Yes, he got a lot of money for being in the boy band. He, he controlled, the money was controlled by him. Yes, he got a lot of money for that. And then you can go, go a little bit back, you know, to different bands and stuff. New Edition, yes. They did it. Um, Boys to Men, yes. Same thing with them. Oh, we can go with NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. They all were put together, collectively groups of people together. Most of the artists in those band, boy bands, in order for them to make any money, guess what they had to do? They had to go solo. In order for them to be rich, they had to go solo. They had to go that. They had to go solo. There's a song. There's a there's a music group um, that came. There's a music group called Everyday. They did a song called Everyday People, whatever song group. Did you know that the, the people that were in that group didn't make any money? Here's one. Um, Parliament, the Funkadelics, um, um, what else? Um, Parliament, Funkadelics, um, George Clinton. George Clinton had a band, had a big band. And everybody in the group 
was in there. Did you know that George Clinton got most of the money? Everybody in the band got just whatever he decided to give them because he was the one that put the group together. Bootsy Collins did the Funkadelics. He did the Funkadelics because he saw that I'm not getting any money. So there was two rival groups. There was Parliament and there was the Funkadelics. Yeah, that's how it was. When you were in a big band, when you're in a big group, y'all money is like one big money and then it gets split. The percentage goes to the person who founded the group. Like, here's an example. Journey. Great music group. Guess what? The money gets split. No one gets any big purse prize. Journey hasn't produced a new album yet. They're, using, they're touring using their old hits. Their old hits. Singing their old hits. Always on tour. Always on tour. Because that's the only way they ask their bread and butters by being on tour. They're a music group from the Bay Area. They're bread and butters by going on tour. And that's what it is. The record companies, they tell you, you got to go on tour. You got to go on tour. Belinda Carlisle from the, um, I think it's from the Go-Go's or the Bangles. It's one of the, it's one of the two. She, she broke off from that group and had to go solo in order to make any money. Michael Jackson was with the Jackson 5. A, um, a, a man, his manager told him, do you know you can make more money if you go solo? You're the voice of the group. See, they get in your ear and they start feeding you. And if it's your, oh, here's one, DeBarge. DeBarge, the family, the DeBarge family had a great music group. But some people in the record label was like, El DeBarge, Eldrick, you can make more money. You're, you're, you're the voice. Why don't you go solo? Here, we'll produce you a solo album. And that's what they did. Same thing with Shalimar, the music group Shalimar. They were a group. Then they came to Jolie Watley and said, you know, she was like, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, you're a great singer. And Jolie Watley was like, I could sing. You know that. They thought because she was so young when they put her together. Do you know that the uh, music group Shalimar was produced by, was produced by Don Cornelius, was put together by Don Cornelius and the guy who founded Solar Records. Them two put Shalimar together. And did you know that she had to literally prove to the guy, the founder of Shal- uh, founder of Solar, that she could sing solo? And when she did, she, they gave her a solo record deal. Because at first they didn't believe that she could sing. They were like, oh, yeah, right, whatever. And she proved it to him. Then she left the group because she couldn't get along. And a lot of times in the music groups and stuff, people can't get along. Collective differences. There are some groups... I want to be the writer. I want to sing. I want to write these songs. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to write songs. I got songs I can write. I can write songs. And then you go, okay, but I write the song. No, I write another. And they start fighting. People fight and stuff. And that's what happens. And groups break up. Here's a music group that actually stands the test of time. Rock group. It stands the test of time that actually holds in court. It is the Rolling Stones. Did you know that Keith Richards writes all the music for the Rolling Stones? He co-writes all the music of the Rolling Stones. It's his group. He's the, if he doesn't like this song, it doesn't get on the album. Keith Richards is the one. Even though Mick Jagger is the front man, it's Keith Richards. Look what happened with Van Halen. Van Halen started with Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen is, that's his group. It says Van Halen. It's Eddie Van Halen's group. I remember when Eddie Van Halen had David Lee Roth was the lead singer for Van Halen. They had a bunch of other leads after a while, but Eddie Van. But when David Lee Roth was in that group, he wrote that song "Jump" with them. Great song. All of a sudden, they were thinking they were always saying, "Oh, it's Eddie." Oh, David Lee Roth, David Lee Roth, David Lee Roth. Not realizing that it was Eddie Van Halen's group, 
Eddie Van Halen had a they had a conflict. They had a falling out. He left. David Roth left the group. He was out of the group. Then they got someone else. Same thing with same thing. I'm telling you, it's the same principle. Look at what happened with Axel Rose from Guns N' Roses. Axel Rose and Slash had a falling out because they could not, they were clashing. So Axel, so so Slash is left. He was like, I, I gotta leave because it was too much conflict. Too much conflict. And the, and that's what I'm talking about. Corrupt at its fun. And the record label feeds off of it. Here's one that's even more corrupt. Did you know that did you know that Whitney Houston was doing cocaine while she was singing? And the record industry knew about it. Clive Davis knew that Whitney Houston was on cocaine. But all they did was they covered it up because they're making she's making me money. In the in, in the music industry, if you're doing drugs, they don't care. Make my money. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you're doing cocaine. I don't care if you're doing crank. I don't care if you're doing cocaine. I don't care if you're doing meth. I don't care if you're doing um, heroin. Here's one. Here's one. I'm telling you, in the country music artist, we had, um, what's his name? He did that song called um, um, Keith Urban. Keith Urban was doing was doing methamphetamines. Yeah, he was doing meth. He had to get, his wife got him clean because he was on meth. Yes, he was on methamphetamines and he was doing meth. And that's how he ended up, you know, he was doing meth and he got, and the, and the record industry knew about it. Everybody knew that he was on meth because he was a tweaker. Because he was he was up all night writing songs. Up all night just writing. High on meth. Whitney Houston was doing cocaine. She was like, crack is whack. I only do the good stuff. I had, she, allegedly, I only do the good stuff. I did cocaine. If I was doing, I was doing cocaine. And she was doing cocaine. And when she met Bobby Brown, Bobby Brown was doing nothing but weed. But then she introduced him to cocaine. Yes, that's how that happened. He, they talked about it. This is not an alleged thing that was all talked about. Rest, rest Whitney Houston. She was a great singer, but she was on cocaine. I mean, seriously. And the record, and Clive Davis, the Clive Davis, the guy who discovered her, knew about it. Everybody in the record industry knew that she was doing drugs. You can tell because she was standing up there trying to sing. Um, the, she was doing the national anthem. And she's all sweaty and skinny. Looked like a looked like she was on crack cocaine. She was that skinny and looking like she was deformed. Like she was like she was from Ethiopia or something or Somali when the famine happened over there. I'm not saying it's bad or anything. I'm just saying, just saying that's what happened. And, you know, that's what happened and stuff. So, yeah, that's the corruption in the music industry. I could go more and more. I'm just telling you, that's what happens in the music industry. Corruption at its finest. And all these artists around here are not getting their just dues. They're not getting paid. They record labels owe them so much millions and they don't want to pay it because what they'll do is they'll say, Take it to court. They'll say, sue me. And and they and you and you don't have that kind of money to get a, a board. You don't have that money to hire a law firm. You have the money to hire a lawyer, but not a law firm. See, those record labels will spend millions of dollars just to throw it in court. They'll tie it up in court for years. Because they can do that. They, they got that kind of resources. And you don't. Alright. Hey, this is JR Bell with I Got Your Six Podcast. And I want to tell you, I want to thank each and every one of you. I appreciate you. Hit me up on my social media and all my platforms. You know, if you're on Twitter, go to JR Bell. You can look me up. Uh, if you can't find JR Bell, go to tipzip357 at Gmail. Type that in, JR Bell. Leave me a message there. Or if you're on Facebook and you have a business and you're on Facebook and you are and you have a business, you're a singer, songwriter, you write songs, you sing songs or whatever, and you want to, want to, uh, you want to produce it, you want to post it. Go there, you can post your music, you can post your songs or whatever for free. Go right there. 
go right there. You can post everything for free. Right there. Go to Kansas City Hood Sales and Yard Sales. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on Instagram. Everybody says, you got Instagram? When you go to Instagram, look up Marine Cookie 3381. That 3381 is my MOS when I was in the Marine Corps because I was a cook. That's where you go. All right? Go right there. Hit me up there. And you can hit me up there, and, and that's where you'll find me right there. And for every for all everybody else, I appreciate y'all. For all you listeners out there, I love each and every one of you. I appreciate you. I'm going to keep giving out good content. I'm going to keep producing more content. I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to keep going because this is organic, and we're doing this. Because Rome wasn't built in a day. It was built. The pyramids of Giza wasn't built in a day, but they were built. And they're going to stand the test of time. This right here is my podcast for you. I'm going to give you what I give. This season is all about... The stuff that I'm going to talk about, about corruption at its finest. Oh, and then I'm going to go back. I may go back and forth. Um, hey, t- I-, I talked to Dr. A.W. Smith. Yeah, I talked to A.W. A. Smith. He's going to pop in every from time to time. Sometimes I'm going to have A.W. Smith come in. He's going to talk. People always say, well, what the hell? A.W. Smith is just my alter ego. When people say, who is A.W. Smith? That's my alter ego. Because that's the person that I have. I have a um, another thing that I do, and he's my alter. He's an alter ego of mine that I have, and I bring him from time to time. That he'll come in, and he'll start just ranting and raving and stuff. He's just called A.W. Smith rants, and that's what he's going to be doing. And that's all he's going to talk about. He's going to rant. He's going to cuss. He's going to degrade. He just uh, he's a type. He's an alpha male, and he just does what he says. He says what he does, and he just talks to this alpha stuff. He just he's harsh. He's raw. I'm not harsh or raw, but that might, that's what AW, that's what Dr. A.W. Smith does. He got a good degree, all right? You know what? I love each and every one of you. And by the way, Bravo 6 going dark.